You know we love spooky things. This is why we fell in love with Michigan-based Lynn B. Designs. When I popped the pumpkin spice all the things wax melt into my burner, my home was filled with a delicious buttery scent. Plus, there's the wide variety of a gorgeous nail polishes with themes like Hocus Pocus and Pleasant Peninsula. All products are vegan and cruelty-free, and you can find monthly sales on Facebook and Instagram at Lynn B. Designs. Head to lynnbdesigns.store today. Again, that's L-Y-N-B-designs.store. We love them. We love you. It's great nail polish. It's the best I've ever used. Thanks! Michiganders can be a superstitious bunch. We find all sorts of reasons to explain the world around us, sometimes pulling from science, sometimes tradition, and sometimes from our imaginations. What happens when we can't readily explain our experiences? And what happens when a ghost story gets out of hand? Do these legends stem entirely from fantasy? Or are people seeing things no one can truly explain? I'm Krista K. Coburn. And I'm Kay Gray. Welcome to Haunted Mitten. Okay, did you know that Michigan is the eighth state in wine grape production in the U.S.? Nope. Why would I know that? <laughs> I looked it up. It's fine. <laughs> and we're 13th in wine production. Cheers, everybody. <laughs> our wine is the tastiest. I do like our wine. We grow a lot of, um, I would say, German sure. German grapes and wines. Why not? So if that's what you're into, come to Michigan. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Um, and when it comes to breweries, which would be my husband's favorite, we're among the top 15 states. Honestly, I thought we'd be a little bit higher. Oh, burn. Um, because Grand Rapids and Kalamazoo keep going back and forth as Beer City, USA. Oh, that's true. I so, forgot about that. Yeah, I thought, but still, top 15 out of 50, that's not bad. Yeah? Yeah. According to the Brewers Association, 398 craft breweries were in operation in Michigan in 2020. That's a lot. That's a lot. And also in 2020, Michigan had 86 craft distilleries. So what you're saying is we have many different kinds of spirits in this state. And in this episode, we will be talking about both kinds. Correct. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm personally partial to the craft distilleries. That's probably my favorite. Wineries second, breweries after that. Correct. That is the correct order Most, in which they yeah. go. Sorry, people who disagree with me. <laughs> Probably my husband. Hey, we are not beer drinkers. That was probably no surprise to anyone. I'm not. <laughs> um, and I, I'm actually going to start with one that my husband Greg and I visited a few years ago for our, actually our anniversary. It's Journeyman Distillery in Three Oaks, Michigan. Three Oaks is a small village. <laughs> a, a tiny. It's, it's so small. <laughs> Tucked in the extreme southwest corner of the Lower Peninsula, it's, it's very close to the Indiana border. It's like less than an hour away or like a less than a mile away or something. It's also very close to the to Lake Michigan. Mm -hmm. So it's like the way, 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 way mm -hmm. southwest corner. Um, the nearby cities include New Buffalo and Union Pier are probably going to be ones that people are more familiar with if they're familiar with this area at all. And um, the location has a, a fun little history, which I will let Kay read. Yay, that's me. Henry Chamberlain founded Three Oaks in 1850. The original name was Chamberlain's Siding. Yep. Okay. Eh. <laughs> sure, why not? Sounds like a 
house construction company. Yeah. Um, but it was changed to Three Oaks because train engineers used Three Oaks as guideposts. I love the way yeah. people <laughs> name old-timey towns. Yep. But hey, but guess what? All three of those trees are gone now. Yep. Because of course they are. God damn it, humans. <laughs> yep. Journeyman's website tells us the last one was cut down about 100 years ago. So we can't even blame modern humans. We cannot. <laughs> we blame old-timey humans. Yep. Edward Kirk E.K. Warren, namesake of the nearby Warren Dunes, moved from Vermont and began working for Chamberlain in his dry goods store. Eventually, Warren opened his own dry goods store with a partner. They were so successful that they eventually bought out Chamberlain. Warren's second wife was Chamberlain's daughter, Mary Louise. This is what happens in small villages. Everyone is related somehow. Yes. Well, I'm related to so many people in Allegan County. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so um, Warren also founded a buggy whip and corsets factory, which we can all giggle about because, come on. I <laughs> am. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and, and I think the way Journeyman's presented it to us was a whip and corset factory. And everybody was like, say what now? <laughs> but it was buggy whips, buggy whips for, you know, your horses. Sure. Uh-huh. Yep. I'm Your sure that's, that's exactly what people use them for. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, real, these were real whips for buggies. Snicker, snicker. Um, <laughs> which was, of course, the mode made of transportation back then, especially in the backwoods of Michigan. Oh, God, yeah. West Michigan, even. E- even in the 1880s. I mean, that was still pretty frontiersy. So while running his store, Warren learned from his women customers that they were not happy with their whalebone corsets because, according to Wikipedia, they, quote, became brittle and stiff over time. I mean, they're bones. They're bones. Like, I'm like, stiff over time? Wouldn't they have been stiff, like, to begin with? But I I don't have that much experience with whalebone. Unfortunately, I cannot afford that kind of corset. God, no. So when Warren was visiting a feather duster factory in Chicago, which was very close by, uh, he learned that the factory threw away the feather bones, which were pliable and strong. Warren actually revolutionized corsetry by using these feather bones in place of whalebones. Hence the buggy whip and corset factory. Exactly. I'm assuming the the buggy whips were also made out of this pliable material. I guess so, right? I've only really ever seen them in movies, so I have no idea. Yeah, it and never I, dawned on me to think about what they were. Made no, of. yeah, I never, and I never considered feather bones. Like I obviously they have them, right? But it just ne- I never considered them existing. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Not even like, a I little just, bit. So that's, yeah, he like totally revolutionized women's underwear. Yeah, that's pretty crazy, actually. Yeah, it really is. From this tiny little village, which is still a tiny little village, adorable and worth a visit, but. So you're welcome. Very small. Women, I guess. Actually, yeah. as a corset wearer, yes. <laughs> yeah. I am actually pretty thankful of that. <laughs> yeah, because now you get like the steel and that is very unforgiving. Yeah. Um, But then like the cheap plastic crap is just so pliable, it may as well not even be in there. Yeah, I think my my corset is um, it's not steel; it's like spring boned. Okay, that would be better. It's I'm guessing it's meant. It's called a power corset. It's from Crimson Rose Masquerade. You should, everybody should actually go check that out because she's a wonderful person. It's it's specifically designed to be worked out, and you can swim in it. You can sleep in it. 
it's it's mm-hmm. meant for people with EDS and arthritis and all those wonderful things that you know we all suffer from yep. uh, these days. <laughs> so it's quite pliable, but it will still, but it still, it still keeps you in and holds you up and kind of takes the pressure off your back. So yeah, it's, it's very nice. Because I've tried on the steel boning and it's like it's very. It's I also have a steel bone. Very unforgiving. Yeah. I am not a huge. I don't actually wear my steel boned anymore. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah. the plastic ones, I'm like, why is this even here? You're not holding my stomach in at all. Bring back the feather bones. <laughs> Apparently. We want the feather bones. <laughs> I'm very curious about this. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, another thing about E.K. Warren, I love that his name is E.K. Okay. <laughs> uh, he was a staunch prohibitionist. Oh. This will become la- important later. Um, so it is perhaps ironic that today his old factory... <laughs> Is a distillery. Uh-huh. <laughs> Take that, I guess. Yeah. Suck it. <laughs> uh, it's actually one of few certified organic distilleries in the U.S., which oh. is pretty cool. Uh, I don't know what that means. It's in, in like the making process. Okay. So like none of their hops or barley or whatever or whatever it is. None of their grains. I'm assuming, and probably the um. Do they use ash filtration? They, they make a few different things, so okay. there are a few different. Um, processes going on. It was okay. a it was a really fun tour, actually. I recommend it. In addition to the distillery, the building contains a restaurant, which we didn't eat at. We should have. Oh well. <laughs> you should have. Um, there's a store, of course. Always. <laughs> and some gorgeous event rooms because it's it's a fairly large building, and only maybe half is taken up by the distillery. Oh, okay. Um, which is open. Like if you're eating at the restaurant, you're on like the second level, and you're overlooking the distillery. It's pretty cool. Like, it's it's a genuinely cool place. Go check it out. And uh, out back is a 30,000 square foot public putting green. Okay. Found a really liked miniature golf, guys. I guess so. <laughs> I, f- I think there's, a like, a contest or a competition every year, too. I can't remember. But, like, yeah, he just really liked, or they, I can't remember how many people founded it. They just really liked miniature golf. And so they were like... I'm going to build a 30,000 square foot putting green. Fuck it. If you have the money, why not? Yeah. We've got a successful distillery. Indulge in your hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we went on the tour probably 2021, I believe, is for our fifth. And uh, we did we did the tasting at the end because that's why we were there. Right. It, this was Greg's tour. It wasn't mine. Because <laughs> um, I, I don't particularly like whiskey, bourbon, or gin. Um, but I actually really did love their Snaggletooth coffee liqueur. That was delicious. I'm not even a big coffee person. That was freaking delicious. And their OCG apple cider liqueur was phenomenal. Just, I cannot tell you how good that was. What does the OCG stand for? I cannot remember. I know they told us, but <laughs> it wasn't on my tasting card. Oh, okay. So they had to give you a tasting card and you could write things. And I believe I took a picture of mine and posted it on the internet because <laughs> I had some really amusing reactions to some of these. And anything I couldn't finish... Because they just give you like a little, yeah, it's little tasting. tasting. Yeah. But it's like you're trying like 12 different things. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you could be smashed. Yeah. That. So like maybe hang out in the restaurant afterwards. And a lot of the things I would have like a tiny sip and be like, mmm, and I'd give it to Craig. <laughs> <laughs> he was very happy by the end of that tour. Yeah. He, yeah. So we, we actually ended up taking a walk through the village because. To sober him Yeah. Up. He needed to sober up a little bit before driving. <laughs> and the village is t- it's like you know like the four corners of a town that's it oh i'm not even sure it was four corners i think it might have been shaped like a t like it's tiny 
but it has some really old architecture and most of it is either made by Chamberlain or Warren, I believe, because they were the wealthy guys in town. Fair enough. So like Warren's name is on a lot of stuff. Interesting. Okay. I took some pictures there on my computer somewhere. Um, so after the tasting, obviously, I asked the person who conducted our <laughs> tour if the distillery was haunted. Because this is just what we do. We walk into <laughs> yeah. the building, so we go, hey, <laughs> you yeah. haunted? Greg was like, I wonder if this place is haunted. We should ask. So I was like, all right. All so right. we did. And he was actually really excited to tell me, yes, absolutely, <gasps> by E.K. Warren himself. Dun, dun, dun. Surprising no one. My prediction? <laughs> He's pissed. Yeah, that's it's thought that Warren is upset uh, that the very thing he fought against is being produced in his old factory, huh. which, yeah, <laughs> I feel like that's a pretty logical conclusion, right? And he was like a big, big prohibitionist, oh. like, which is interesting for a man, actually. I kind of wonder where that comes from, but yeah, usually you hear about like the temperance movement and women being like, get our men to stop drinking because they're horrible people when they're drunk. Yeah. <laughs> Responsible drinking. Responsible drinking is the answer. Correct. <laughs> uh, but yeah, people have allegedly seen him. And also, I think, like, parts of him. <laughs> I don't know if so, how many full body apparitions. But yeah, he's apparently been seen. Okay. Um, I believe there are other reports of, like, uh, you know, footsteps and, you know, your kind of typical haunting stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a little while, so I don't remember exactly. I thought I wrote it down, but I couldn't find it. But I, if it's typical stuff, my mind kind of goes like, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was the seeing him was the most interesting part to me that people have seen him. Right. But it's, it's like I said, it's a really cool place. The tour was interesting. The tasting was fun. It's not a place I ever see listed on haunted lists. So you're hearing it from us. <laughs> right. I guess. Um, I mean, you asked him, so. Yeah, and he was, like, really excited that I asked. That's and I was awesome. like, oh, I wasn't expecting that reaction, but awesome. Let's, <laughs> all right, let me scribble down some notes. So, yeah, it was a cool place. It's right near the Indiana border, very close to Lake Michigan, and the Warren Dunes, which the Warren Dunes are also pretty fantastic. Yeah. I think Greg cl- mostly climbed them in wearing his cowboy boots. Good Lord. Um, which got filled with sand. He made it almost all the way to the top and then he had to turn around and come back because the sand was, it's so soft and loose that it was like he would take steps and he just wasn't making any yeah. progress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was like, no, I'm just on this, I'm on an escalator. <laughs> I'm not going to make it to the top. Um, and he wasn't prepared to climb a dune that day. He was like, that was harder than I thought. I'm like, yeah, dude, it's a dune. <laughs> I have sand tried. is not solid no i've tried to climb a few and not made any of them uh yep aaron got to the top and took pictures for me yeah and he didn't i saw him and he just kind of turned around and sat and was like okay <laughs> and then he came i took pictures as he got smaller and smaller as he got towards the top but it, it's yeah it's gorgeous check him out it's close to chicago to mm-hmm. make a whole vacation out of it hell yeah three oaks michigan journeyman distillery tasty stuff tasty with and there's, there's stuff you can only get at their store also oh. that they don't sell in stores. You have to get it from them. Goodness. Yeah. I mean, that's a way to get people to you. Yeah. Because apparently, apparently they're like one of the best. Like Greg was really excited to go. Oh, okay. That's awesome. So, and yeah, the things I had were pretty tasty. Some of them were just too strong for me. Right. But I just, I do not enjoy those flavors. Nope. Okay. Now we move a little closer to home. Our home. Not necessarily yours. Anyway. About a 45-minute drive north of Ann Arbor is Fenton, Michigan, home of the Fenton Hotel, Tavern, and Grill. 
Originally a hotel, the tavern was built when the railroads arrived in town in 1856. Today, the tavern maintains many of its original architectural features. There are a number of reports of unexplained activity here. According to MichiganHauntedHouses.com, quote, the hotel-turned-restaurant is believed to be haunted by an unknown gentleman with a hat who frequents the bar drinking whiskey. Other paranormal events reported include wine glasses moving across the bar as well as disembodied, disembodied voices and brushes across people's bodies, end quote. And in the comments, our favorite place on paranormal websites, we have, quote, I've been going here since I was a kid and have experienced weird occurrences myself. There is said to be the spirit of a woman that hung herself in the woman's bathroom. Yeah, when me and our family friends would go to the restaurant, we would love to play Bloody Mary in that same bathroom. Why would you do that? (laughs) (laughs) And though it only worked once. Oh, okay. (laughs) That was all we needed. Some other women have reported having their hair pulled from above them as they sit in the last bathroom stall, as well as cold spots. I also remember a time where I went into the bar with my parents. A friend of theirs worked there at the time, so we stopped in during closing. And out of the blue, a glass shattered on the shelf. I can safely say that it scared the crap out of me, and their friend seemed unfazed, saying that it happens quite frequently, end quote. And another commenter said... My wife and I had dinner last month, and a tall older gentleman offered us a shot of whiskey, which we happily accepted. After he walked to the bar to order it, he suddenly vanished right before our eyes. We asked the bartender what that was, was, and she just said our resident ghost does that often, and we weren't just seeing things. We will be back at that, we will be back, as that didn't obviously scare us, but rather intrigued us. Okay, I'm curious (laughs) about the Bloody Mary thing, but okay. Yeah, like this is, you just mentioned it in passing, it worked once. Worked once. I was like, wait, what? I'm sorry, it worked once? <laughs> no, no, no. You need to go back and explain that more, please. Yeah. Lisa Hoskins, in her book, Ghosts of Bay City, Saginaw, and Midland, talks about a former custodian named Emery who is thought to still be there in spirit. Literally. Loud footsteps and pounding on the walls are heard from his former room, which is located on the second floor after the customers have all left. Other activity includes an invisible force that grabs female waitstaff by the arm or on their butts. Always their butts. Oh, yeah. And a man at table 32 who orders a shot of Jack Daniels on the rocks but disappears when the drink is ready, thus wasting alcohol. Mm -hmm. Regarding the hair pulling in the women's bathroom, rumor has it that this is caused by a prostitute who became pregnant and hanged herself. Great. Yep. Great. I feel like that's always a thing somewhere. This is like, (laughs) oh, my God. Women's bathroom, check mark. (laughs) Pregnant lady hung herself. Pregnant, check Check. mark. Um, Grabbing butts. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, this this like this place is super haunted. Checks all the marks. Mysterious Michigan reports on an investigation that they did with Grimstone Inc. Paranormal Investigators. Fun name. Damn. Um, Yeah, I kind of like that one. An investigator tried to enter a room on the second floor, but felt like they had hit a wall and couldn't enter. A psychic that was there said it was a, quote, sick room with very negative energy, end quote. While later doing EVP work in this room, a shadow was observed in the hallway going past the door. They also say that psychics have said that something evil is on the third floor that keeps the spirits trapped in the building and brings more in via a vortex. Okay. Yep. Some wild stuff happening. There's so much. (laughs) So much going on at this location. Like, wow. 
Uh, Christopher Bailey of Grimstone Inc. said in Patch that investigator that investigators have quote had equipment jerked out of our hands, seen objects move by themselves, and witnessed the apparition of a young woman. One investigator came across a section of the floor where he described feeling as though he were walking on a waterbed. He left the area for about 15 minutes. When he returned, the floor was back to normal. End quote. They have also experienced, quote, glasses flying off bar shelves, crying of a child in the sealed upper stories, voices caught on EVP, traveling cold spots moving through rooms and halls, tactile contact to individuals, like stroking, pinching, hair pulling, and spook lights traveling the hallways, end quote. There was also a phantom black cat that followed one of the investigators home, jumping on counters and batting objects around. It actually just sounds like they accidentally adopted a cat. Yeah, I'm like, that sounds like a cat. <laughs> if it's a black cat, I mean, they're pretty shadowy. So <laughs> I take so many pictures of our cats, like, together, and I'm like, oh. That's right. Raceland just looks like a black, <laughs> m- like, mass <laughs> up against the other two cats. Like, oh, that's right. I own a black cat now. <laughs> you own a little void. I do. And I sent a picture to my mom, and all you could see of her was, like, her little pink ear. Yep. <laughs> Next to the other two. A little, she's just a little void, devoid of light. Mm, yep. Very cute, though. Uh, Bailey also said, quote, We're not exactly sure who the female apparition is, but during our research, we came across reports indicating that years ago, a female staff member who worked at the hotel became pregnant by a male salesperson staying there. She ended up committing suicide. End quote. So I found an article in the Detroit Free Press from January 24th, 1893 that reported the overdose by morphine of Frank M. Hawthorne, a, quote, traveling man for a cigar firm, end quote, in Detroit. That is such an old-timey job. Gotta use old-time. Traveling man for a cigar firm. That's such an old-timey job. Yeah. Traveling man. There's a song, isn't there? Traveling man. I think so. Uh, But that was at the Hotel Roberts in Fenton. Um, a former owner of the Fenton Hotel was named Roberts, but I believe by 1893, uh, the now tavern was called the Denio House after its owner at that time. Mm. It was sort of unclear when it changed names, but okay. it seemed to often be named after the owner because that's what you do. Yep. And I also discovered that a railway brakeman was killed, possibly crushed between train cars. Jesus. <laughs> Uh, it was sort of hard for me to parse that out from the article. That was in Fenton in March of 1896. Fun times. Sure. Uh, so I didn't find a woman who died by suicide at the Fenton Hotel. But just because I didn't find it doesn't mean it didn't happen. Yeah. Um, if it's a suicide, depending on the time period, would they like... I mean, they talked about the guy with the... That's true. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of people overdosing by morphine, by the way. That was a popular way to die back then. Yeah. Turns out. Wow. Yeah, it couldn't have. As I learned, lots of people did die by suicide in Michigan's past. Oh. Um, I found morphine ODs, hangings, murder suicides, uh, just not a woman who died at the Fenton Hotel or in, in Fenton at all, really. Oh, okay. Um, so that claim just kind of gets a shrug <laughs> from me. It sounds kind of made up. Um, just because you you see things like this all the time. If ever there's a haunting, they're like, oh, some woman hung herself. How'd she hang herself? Uh, pregnant. Uh. Like, that's just <laughs> such yeah. a thing. Pregnant out of wedlock. So she killed herself and the baby. Yep. You know, could it have happened? Yeah. <laughs> Especially after reading all these newspaper clippings. 
you ever want to depress yourself, just uh, go look up <laughs> death. Go look up death. <laughs> In the old newspapers. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, surprising number of people dying horrifically in the 1890s and in Michigan. And unsurprising amount. Are you kidding? It's the 1890s. What? We don't know what safety was. Yet. Well, and, and all I did, I looked up, like, suicide in Fenton in the Detroit Free Press archives, and so many things popped up, and I was like, oh, God. Oh, I checked, oh, like, God. the New York Times and other places, but none of them. None of them reported on it. And if the Free Press no. didn't. And the Free Press obviously did report on these things because it did include the guy right. overdosing from morphine. So I can't say like, well, it was a small town because they did report on him. Yeah, He did. He was a native of Detroit, but still, I feel like based on some of the other things they reported, they probably would have also reported on that. Yeah, probably. So, yeah, did it happen? I couldn't find anything. Could it have happened? Yeah. Right. <laughs> sure. But like... Let's let's take a second talk about all the other weird shit that happens in this place. <laughs> I'm sorry, the floor felt like a waterbed. That's terrifying. I used to have a waterbed. I know exactly what that feels like. Yes, I don't want my floor to feel like that. Um, so that yeah, that's probably one of the weirder things we've had we've talked about. Yeah, I would say that's unique. I, I don't believe I've heard that before, but I know exactly what that feeling is. So that's very like visceral to me. But. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, and then obviously, like, I don't, I say obviously, but I don't believe that in, in the evil things up on the third floor. And I don't know necessarily what those psychics mean by vortex. That's something I've come across a lot where it's like a vortex is just a doorway to the other side okay. that that beings can pass in and out of. Right. In uh, demon possessed houses, they often say, oh, there's a oh, vortex. They're coming in yeah, they're coming in through a vortex. A portal or something. Yeah. Yeah, if you believe in that kind of thing. I mean, it's not to say that I don't. It's just what I hear. I don't know. It, it, immediately when you call something evil, like, I'm turned off. Yeah, I kind of am, too. Like, that's just not. I just don't think that anything is truly what we define as evil. Yeah. Well, and it varies by cultures, too. Yeah. It just always. Yeah. yeah. Anytime anybody, at least over here in the West, says, like, oh, your house is haunted by demons or like, oh, you know, there's like an evil presence. I'm like, I don't know. Have you tried asking it to see if it's evil? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I don't know. Have you tried talking to it and not just like labeling it a demon? <laughs> yeah. Like, because I feel like things could be trickster and that's not sure, necessarily not evil. Yeah. It's annoying and they could be doing some really bad things to you, but, you know, they're not necessarily doing it to because they're evil. They're just doing it because right. they're tricksters. Right. It's in their nature to do these things. Mm -hmm. Or if it's a spirit that's just really frustrated and, and has gone right. angry. Yeah. Or like it's pissed off because it's either like, you know, it doesn't know it. Sorry. They don't know what's going on or what they want or like why people keep, you know, being in their space or like there's a whole there's a whole like myriad of things that it could be before we jump to like demons or evil. Yeah. Why are you making whiskey in my my old buggy whip factory? Warren is just pissed <laughs> off. He's not evil. He's just mad about it. Yep. I think it's pretty ironic that <laughs> that's hilarious to me. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Mr. Warren. Sorry, Mr. Warren. Your dunes are beautiful. Yes. <laughs> and you have a very a very beautiful factory. Thank you for doing all that you did. Sorry, we like our booze. Yep. Yeah, Greg was like, oh, man, if we were getting married today, this is where we'd go. I'm like, yeah, I know. Hopping over to hauntedplaces.org's comments section, 
Uh, we have more personal stories of the Fenton Hotel. I love how many personal stories there are in these comment sections. I was just like, gold mine. Let's go, let's go stay in Fenton. Yeah. Quote, there is a black cloak that has been thrown out many times by the owner that comes back and hangs itself back up on the upper floors. End quote. But then also, quote, I worked there and have never heard of this. End quote. Another person said, quote, the first time I went, I was seated by a lady in the bar area in one of the booths off the wall. She took our drink order. I felt very uncomfortable. It was weird. The lights were flickering. We placed our drink order, watched her walk through the kitchen door, never to see her again. Then a young man came over to take our drink order. I explained the hostess took it. He said there was no hostess, but she sat us. I was confused and left, did not stay. Second time was Valentine's. They sat us in one of their banquet rooms. No bad vibes. A lot better in that room. Got to enjoy my dinner. Nothing but good vibes. Nothing like my first experience. Glad I went back. End quote. I'm glad they went back. I'm glad, I'm glad they tried again. <laughs> I do sort of wonder about this hostess. Could that have been like a time slip? Sounds like it. Because it just sounds like she was doing her job. Yeah. <laughs> like, instead of leaping to ghost, like, could it have been a time slip situation? Yeah. Where, like, you know, in her time period, she's like, where'd that guy go? <laughs> <laughs> I just sat these people. Where'd I they go? They just disappeared. People. Right. So now she's telling stories of, like, oh, my God, this patron came in and then they disappeared. It was a right? ghost. <laughs> like, I had their drink right here. I don't. Yeah. Because there's a story about the guy ordering whiskey and then disappearing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, maybe that's a time slip, too. Mm. On repeat, because apparently he does it a lot. Uh. Well, yeah, you know, time slip or residual or whatever. But, yeah, yeah. I think I think both of those parties in that instance were very confused. Yeah. <laughs> that's my, my thought. Instead of it being a ghost, it could be like a time slip or something. Because yeah. she seemed obviously solid. Right. She was solid enough and, like, lucid and, like, the, the people didn't even think twice about it. Like, yeah. took their order and... Went through the doors and went back dark and, tide. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the Fenton Hotel Tavern and Grill, which we obviously yes, need to please. visit now. <laughs> yes, please. Can we please? And I met um, Brenda Hass. I can honestly, I can't remember how she pronounced her name. I'm so sorry. Uh, at the Carytown Book Fest, uh, like in this past September. And I bought her book, The Fenton Ghost Walk Revisited. Uh, so I think we'll have plenty to keep us busy if we visit. Yes, I'm so excited. Yeah, she wrote the script, I believe, for the Fenton Ghost Walk, which used to happen, and she thinks is going to be happening again. Hooray! Um, we can always look that up because it would be happening now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she turned the old Ghost Walk, like complete with scripts and everything, into a book. That's so cool. Like, you could act these out because it's actually written in script form. That's so cool. And it has some pictures and things, so. I would totally do it. I'll yeah. Be, I'll be your tour guide. Yeah. And she signed the copy for me, and she's she was cool. That's so cool. Yeah. I yeah, liked, we gotta go. like talking to her. Fenton's not that far. Not really. I mean, we've passed it several times on the highway. Yeah. And it's, it's you have to go through it in order to get to the Ren Fair. Yeah. I don't know. We could just go for dinner. Yeah. I would drive that far. That's oh, cool. yeah. Absolutely. Wander around a little bit, see what else is haunted. Yeah. I mean, evidently, they did a whole walk about it. I know. So it's got to be a lot, right? <laughs> so our next stop is in the UP. We are going way up north Heck to yeah. the Antlers Bar and Restaurant in Sault Ste. Marie. Fantastic name. Yep. On the U.S. side. 
because it's oh, yeah. split in two. That's right. <laughs> um, this is Michigan, after all. Summarizing from Ghost of Michigan's Upper Peninsula by Jennifer Billick, this site was built in 1915 as the Bucket of Blood Saloon. Stop. It's a freaky name. Who does that? Stop. <laughs> Bucket of Blood Saloon. I found this claim in like several locations, so I feel like it it legit, it really was named that. What the hell, the UP? It's the UP. I don't know, man. All right. <laughs> it became the North Star Ice Cream Parlor during Prohibition. Uh, but as you can probably guess, very little ice cream was sold, but still managed to make $900 a month. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> it, I wonder why. Yeah, I can't imagine. <laughs> it was eventually exposed by police to be a speakeasy and brothel. Who would have guessed? Not me. No, wait, me. Definitely yeah, fucking me. Everyone. Everyone. <laughs> Um, after being after prohibition, it went back to being a saloon. Yeah, yeah, obviously it definitely went back to being. It always was continued being a saloon. Yeah, just openly this time. <laughs> In 1948, it was purchased by Harold and Walter Kinney, formerly of Detroit, who began filling it with taxidermied animals, hundreds of them. Do I get to find out why, or is that just it? This thing, I don't know. Oh, now, okay. now owned by the. Shabo? Shabo? Sorry. It's S-Z-A-B-O. I want to say it's Eastern European. Shabo family? Uh, Kids can get a free set of fake antlers to wear when dining. How cute. What the hell? Yeah, you like go online and look at pictures of this place. There are We haven't even gotten to the haunted part yet. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Yeah, they just... It's the UP, man. They're into hunting. I don't know. Oh, my God. Yeah, and there's like... There's a lot. There's a lot. <laughs> Just look at pictures. There's a lot. Reading from ghostquest.net, quote, Antler's Bar and Restaurant in Sault Ste. Marie is said to be haunted by two unidentified female spirits. One spirit is believed to belong to a woman who once worked at the location as a prostitute during the 1920s, and many believe the other spirit to be that of a former waitress or bartender. However, these claims are unable to be verified. Employees and patrons often report witnessing the shadowy apparitions of the two women, as well as experiencing other unexplained paranormal activities such as doors opening and closing by themselves, or objects such as dishes and furniture being moved by an unseen entity. On several occasions, employees working at the restaurant have reported witnessing televisions and other electronic devices turning on or off by themselves, including one night when the jukebox turned on by itself and began playing the Star Spangled Banner. Of all things. Mm-hmm. Antler's Bar and Restaurant was also featured in an episode of a popular Netflix show called My Ghost Story in 2012. I believe this is the second time we've come across that show. Probably. On this podcast. It would not surprise me. <laughs> I think we might have watched some of it, but uh, it's, it's one of those like sensationalized. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those shows that I definitely stay away from now. Yeah. I mean, they're, they amuse me. <laughs> yeah. I am entertained. Yeah, but they're getting a little out there. <laughs> Discovery Plus. Well, this one's Netflix. But yeah, Discovery Plus has a crap ton. What the hell is up with my possessed pet, Discovery? Yeah. 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 So according to Jennifer Billick again, employees report that some of the taxidermies move around during the night. Sweet Jesus. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> A former prostitute and waitress open doors and turn office equipment on and off. 
Allegedly, a former maintenance man killed his wife on the property. Great. And both of their spirits are said to have stuck around. And according to SueStMarie.com, a paranormal investigator was pushed during an investigation by an unseen force on the kitchen stairway. Uh, another book that you can find this location in is Supernatural Haunts. My favorite book title. So good. It's by Brad Blair, Tim Ellis, and Steve LaPlante. Yeah. Sorry, sir. Uh, of the Upper Peninsula Paranormal Research Society, a.k.a. Youpers, U-P-P-R-S. Love it. Love it. <laughs> the activity reported in their book includes the following. After the customers had left and the restaurant had been closed up, the jukebox suddenly came to life playing Jimi Hendrix, even though it should have been unplugged, which is way better than the Star Spangled Banner. Yeah, I thought that was an odd, <laughs> that was an odd one. When closing one night by herself, a manager saw a human head peeking at her from the basement door as if the person were on all fours. When she checked the stairs, thank God no one was there. I would not have checked those stairs. I would have booked no. it out of there. I don't I don't think I would have been able. I can deal with children giggling. Right. If I see a head, I'm getting done. the heck out of there. <laughs> You're done. I'm done. <laughs> as if in answer to the request to be given a sign if anyone was there, two investigators felt as if they were being touched. Investigator oh. Michelle heard her name whispered on a recording of an EVP session. It was her first time reviewing EVP sessions, and this really freaked her out. <laughs> to put it mildly. <laughs> <laughs> the way they describe it in the book is pretty good. A psychic on the second investigation kept getting pat and cinnamon rolls in her mind. It turned out that a past morning baker was named Pat and was famous for her cinnamon rolls. Unknown to anyone, she had recently passed. Yeah. Lots lots of wild stuff happening here. This is crazy. Yeah, and it it's featured in I believe both of those books, so check them out. Especially the the um, Supernatural Haunts. That's great. Not only does it have a great name, it's it's actually a good book. yeah, it's a good book. <laughs> and the way he talks, it's very like conversational, folksy kind of thing. Like yeah. I I can hear a youper in my head reading it to me. Excellent. It's very conversational. Sometimes he goes off on um, some tangents a little bit, like tells a story, but it's just like talking to your your uncle or something. That's who's, awesome. You know, just got some rambling stories for you. Right. And they have some, like, wild adventures, so. <laughs> that is a good one. That's so good. Billick's book is good, too. It's got a lot of good information. But the the supernatural one is like, yeah, it's like your weird uncle is just sat down and just telling you stories. Your weird uncle that only comes down from the UP once a year. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's antlers. <laughs> Which, okay. Yeah, we'll have to check out for... Ever in Sault Ste. Marie. Terrifying. Which you, hopefully, because that's where the um, that's where the, the big old Michigan Paracon is. Yep. So yep. I'm hoping, I'm hoping next year we can make it. I have not been to Sault Ste. Marie in a very long time. <laughs> I've never been. Um, I think I was there when I got back from Japan. So I think I was there in 2003 because we went to the Sioux Locks, okay. which are pretty cool. And I actually want to go through the Sioux Locks because I think I'm a dork and I think that'd be really fun. <laughs> I think it'd be fun. <laughs> But other than that, I I was a child, and yeah. we were driving through the city, and my dad's just like, "Hey kids, want to go to Canada?" And we're like, "Yeah." <laughs> and mom was like, "What yeah. are you doing?" <laughs> Why are you? And doing so that? we just like, because you could back then, you just drove across, yeah. and then drove a little bit, and we might have stopped to eat, and we just came back. Right. <laughs> it was not a big deal, like today. Well, I think we all have enhanced licenses. I think we could all still do it. Yeah, I don't know if that counts, the whatever, the flying one, the one that lets you fly now. I don't know if it lets you go across the border. 
Oh, I don't know. I just renewed mine, and it it still does say enhanced, and then it says um, qualifies for whatever the oh okay the act is that they passed or whatever. And I was like, oh, I guess they are still different. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna come back downstate now to Willis, Michigan, which okay. is another little community. This one's south of Ypsilanti, so mm-hmm. very close to home. We are talking about Boneheads Barbecue, a place I've also been. Nice. Uh, twice, I think. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I think we took my brother-in-law out there. Oh. Uh, it's, it's been a little while. I mean, obviously, COVID. It's been a little while for everything. But right. <laughs> um, this is a bar restaurant. And from what I remember, a lot of bikers hang out here <laughs> at the bar. It's it's an, it's a pretty cool place, too. It's worth a little jaunt off the highway. Mm-hmm. And Boneheads is pretty proud of their haunted status. There's a whole page on their website. <laughs> Like they're they are into it. Uh, the website is boneheadsinc.com. And I will actually have Kay read a little history about the building that also comes from their website. Quote, the building predates the formal establishment of the village. We believe our building was constructed around 1865. Over the years, the structure has served as a coach stop, granary, butcher shop, ice house, post office, and general store. When the building was restored in the mid-1980s, antiques Walnut cabinets and oak trim were brought here from parts of southeast Michigan and northwest Ohio. Woodwork, lamps, and trimmings were carefully selected to authenticate the old general store appearance. So, what goes on here? Why we're all here? Well, the lance, lamps hanging in the bar swing back and forth. Lights turn back on when the restaurant is closed. Disembodied whispering and footsteps are heard by staff. A person is seen by neighbors cleaning the third floor window. What? <laughs> A woman dressed in white was seen by customers coming down the stairs, and a little girl saw, quote, more than her own reflection in the women's bathroom, end quote. The woman, whom the staff has named Nellie, seems to be from the early 20th century, but no one really knows who she is. They just were like, Nellie, that's an old-timey name. (laughs) (laughs) In an Ann Arbor News article, Nellie is described as being in her 40s. Also, according to the Ann Arbor News article, the apparition of a girl in her teens has also been seen, as well as a cat. The cat, named Pickles, died several years ago and is buried under the building's west side steps. The owners believe that the teen girl came with a 12-foot apothecary cabinet that is not originally from the property, though they don't know why this might be. Fair. Yeah, you got all these antiques. People could be attached to things. Once, an employee dropped a lighter, an unseen force pushed it back to her. Okay. <laughs> Helpful. Thank you. On another occasion, a bulb exploded in the women's bathroom, which I feel like older light bulbs that happened. Yeah. I'm like, so no, that seems. Normal. I don't know about that one because yeah. <laughs> that's all it says. The lights flicker on and off, as we said. Doors open and shut. A vase was seen floating in the air before crashing to the floor, and quote, an employee reported someone ran fingers through her hair while she was all alone. End quote. Too far, ghost. Yeah, that's like, ooh. <laughs> like, that's pretty much what used to happen to me growing up in, in, mm. in my haunted house is, like, hair got played with a lot and I had long hair mm-hmm. when I was a kid. So, too far. <laughs> Which would you rather have, ghost playing with your hair or pinching your butt? Butt pinching. It's way yeah. less intimate to me. Yeah, that's true. Playing with your hair is like, like, you got all up in there. And I'm yeah. like, no, I didn't, I didn't ask for that. Pinching the butt, I'm just like... You're just a pervy ghost. Whatever. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We've said before how much we love personal experience stories. Here is one from the blog Michigan Burger Boys. Debbie said, quote, I used to work there as a server back in 1987. 
Lots of weird things happened. Another coworker and I were working one night when we got really busy. I went to hurriedly reach for a coffee cup when it floated in the air right into my hand. Another time after work while in the women's bathroom, I was looking in the mirror and saw a lady behind me. When I turned to her, no one was there. I worked there for eight years and have many stories. I want more. Please. <laughs> Debbie, please. I feel like that's like me and crazy wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> many stories. Uh, another commenter, Paul, said, I used to live in Willis many years ago and would go to this restaurant often. On one occasion, was alone at the saloon slash bar, having a brew. All of a sudden, I saw this blue flash go down the length of the bar. Asked the bartender if he saw it as well. She said, you just saw Nellie. <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, said, great. Give me another. Hurry. LOL. <laughs> I like this story. Cool. I need to drink more, please. Why, why would Nellie go down the length of the bar? I don't know. I don't know. As a blue flash. Interesting, though. You know? Yeah. It makes me think of, like, like pouring out a line of alcohol and lighting it on fire. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it's it was, like, something like that or... I don't know. I don't know. But oh, I, I, I like the, cool, give me another and hurry. <laughs> <laughs> I need another beer now. <laughs> I like that there's, you know, we have, we have the traditional things happening in the women's bathroom. Yep. Because things always happen in the women's bathroom. Do things yeah. just never happen in men's bathrooms, or are men just not talking about it? Or are they just not there long enough? Hmm. People that use men's restrooms, we need you to investigate. Yeah, let us know. <laughs> Do things happen in men's restrooms? <laughs> um, there's a white lady, or a lady in white. I guess it's not like a full-on white lady, but yeah, a lady in white. That, yeah, people have seen coming down the stairs. I know That's I took a cool. picture of the stairs when I was there. I didn't get anything. Because it was on, like, an old phone, the yeah. pictures now are, like, super blurry and just, like, <laughs> kind of makes me sad. Like, this used to be so picture perfect and clear, and now it just looks like trash. I know. Oh, oh. that's the crappy thing about digital phones, digital yep. cameras. Yep. Like, oh, yeah. And then I like that things could have, could be hanging out in the old furniture that they brought in. Yeah. Because they did, it's interesting, because, um, like I said, I've been there, and it's like you're eating in someone's home or like in a store or something the way they have it set up it's very different okay like i can't say like it's odd but like it's different because yeah. I, I really did feel like i was eating in somebody's like dining room or living room or something because there's just all this furniture around you yeah um, and it's it's an old building and it's it's pretty neat <laughs> that's cool there's a restaurant mm. in um spring green wisconsin we were there for my bff's wedding that's that sounds very similar it's it's mm -hmm. just in a house and yeah and it's it's all set up like there's a bunch of tables and chairs and everything but it's like mm -hmm. just old timey dining furniture and it's all mismatched and they just have like herbs hanging from the ceiling and it just looks like you walked into somebody's like dining room <laughs> yeah i like the stairs are right there that go up to the second level yeah and like yeah it's very homey <laughs> that's kind of awesome yeah and the food was was really good it was like home cooking it was I'm good so hungry <laughs> I want all well these, let's go to bonus get lunch okay. actually yeah i'll do it um so i i did have an unsettling experience in the bathroom the decor was terrifying okay i don't know if it's still like this but oh my god so i walked into the stall and was confronted by a large cross-stitched welcome sign okay. above the toilet okay 
I actually took a picture and I put it on my food blog, <laughs> which you can visit at KristaKCoburn.com. Hey. hey. And then if you look up like boneheads, you can go see the picture of this cross-stitched giant welcome sign above the toilet. I don't really need to be welcomed to my stall, thank you. <laughs> and there, there was fake ivy and flowers like wrapped around everything, draped over everything. Oh, um, cherubs and prayers decorated the wall. Okay. It was very folksy. Yeah. Um, it felt like a church's gazebo or something. I, I was very uncomfortable. <laughs> and the men's room was the complete opposite, according to my husband, Greg. I did not go in there. Uh, those walls were decorated with vintage advertisements for prostitution licenses and cures for syphilis. <laughs> That's fucked up. It's like a heaven and hell thing going on. <laughs> That's fucked up. Because Greg came back from the bathroom. He was like, oh, that was that was unique. And I was like, oh, was your yours covered in like prayers and flowers and cherubs too? And he's like, no. <laughs> no. The opposite. Complete opposite. Cures for syphilis and prostitution licenses. I'm like, wait, prostitution licenses for men? Also, I think it's really cool. Like if these were real, like that's cool that they have those. That's, uh, yeah. I actually. <laughs> like where'd they get them? That's neat. So as weird as I am, I enjoy that bathroom. <laughs> The men's bathroom, not the women's bathroom. Oh, the women's was so creepy. Yeah. I felt like I was back at church. No, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> it was weird. And the giant welcome sign in the stall. I was like, too far, too far. <laughs> I don't feel at home. <laughs> the opposite of that. Or I feel like I'm back home right. in West Michigan. Say, so you feel like you're back home and that's not good either. Yeah. At like the, bap- the like really conservative Baptist church. Oh, my God. All right, well, minus that last bit, we hope you enjoyed this look at four <laughs> spirited locations. Uh, don't forget, I know, thank you for all your spirit puns. <laughs> I couldn't help it. <laughs> don't forget that Haunted Mitten is on Patreon. $1 a month gets you access to the private Haunted Mitten Discord server, as well as exclusive Patreon content, including a growing collection of live presentations. Woo-woo! Yeah. Also check us out at hauntedmitten.com, which includes a link to our merch store, baby. Yeah. I love my sliders. <laughs> and the phone ring. The phone, the, like, like the, yeah, it's, the instead grip, of a pop thing. it, it's like a grippy thing with the metal ring on it. I yeah. love that thing. Excellent. Good. It's like, I thought it was a little expensive. I'm like, no, this thing is awesome. This is absolutely <laughs> worth the price. I love it. And you can keep up with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Haunted Mitten. You can find me in the same places at Krista K. Coburn and K at K. Gray Writes. And you can email us at contacthauntedmitten at gmail.com. Let us know if any male restrooms are haunted yeah. or, or unisex. Just something other than the ladies' room. Right. <laughs> other than the designated ladies' room because we're tired of, kind of tired of being haunted. Yeah. If your bathroom at home is haunted, I want to hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> Season 5 premiere, Haunted Bathrooms. <laughs> God, we really could do an actually, entire episode could, yeah. on Haunted bathrooms. We joke about that, but no, we actually could do it. It's like in every episode. Uh, and don't forget that any books we mention on the show are available for purchase at bookshop.org slash shop slash Haunted Mitten. They gr- make great holiday presents. They do, They Like, I would, yeah. <laughs> Get me some Haunted books, baby. Hell yeah. And as always, happy haunting. <laughs>